Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Today is Sunday, 19 January, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And first things first, I have a daughter whose birthday is today. Her name is Tangerine Adelaide Garrett. I thought I'd give her full name and embarrass her a little bit with that one. Actually, Tangerine came from a Led Zeppelin song. It was the third album, second side, first song on the second side. And uh, But when somebody older asks where the name came from, I'd always say it's from uh, Benny, uh, what's the, Benny Goodman, because he did a song way before I was born called Tangerine 2. And they always smile and say, oh, isn't that nice? But it's actually Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and uh, she's a wonderful daughter. I'm so glad that uh, she's in our life. She's up in New York freezing while we're down here and enjoying the warm weather. But then we have another birthday too, which is Elaine right here. So we got uh, and several other friends that we're all mutually friends with. It seems like the 19th of January is a popular day to be born. But uh, happy birthday to my daughter, Tangerine. And uh, our first category, as always, is Israel. And from the Jerusalem Post, Israel breaks a 50-year record for most rainfall in the north, 76 years in the south. Okay, now, this is still ongoing. They've got some snow now. They're getting some rain with the snow. So uh, this is a couple days old, this article, and it's even more since then. In the northern coastal plain and remote Menashe, some 350 to 400 millimeters have accumulated over the last two weeks, and more than 400 millimeters fell in western and upper Galilee in some areas reaching as much as 450 millimeters. This amount uh, of rainfall over a two-week period is highly unusual since it began taking official rain measurements 80 years ago. Such large quantities of rain have been measured in northern Israel only twice, in December 1951 and then again in January of 1969. A record was also broken in southern Israel where, according to the Meteorological Service, some 122 millimeters fell breaking a 76-year-old record down there. So that's good news for Israel. They got plenty of rain, and that'll carry them through the whole year now. Um, one of the things, if you ever go to Israel and you're down in the south and you're in any of these wadis, you got to be really careful because it may rain many, many miles away, and you don't know it, and people get washed away frequently in Israel, entire highways and uh, cars, everything get washed away, and they don't know it's coming because that water just rushes down these wadis. So it's one thing you want to always be careful of in the south of Israel, especially when you have these quantities of rain come down when it was no rain before. So just a little warning for you all, but it's good news for Israel on a whole. How many inches in America? Uh, I don't know. I meant to convert it and I forgot. So all you get is millimeters. Sorry about that. But it's, uh, we'll just say it was 20 feet. Okay, <laughs> not really. Um, Al Jemainer, let's see here. Israel reveals breakthrough in laser-based aerial defense system. This is also at the end of last week, but it's a really cool article. Israel's defense ministry announced that a breakthrough has been made in using laser beams to thwart aerial attacks. The technological development will enable the long-range targeting and stabilization of laser beams, allowing them to intercept targets at great distances. Duty Oster of the Optotronics Department at the Defense Ministry said, we can finally arrive at an effective laser weapon system that can cut through iron of rockets and missiles from kilometers away. 
The system will be tested as early as the second half of 2020 and will then be deployed near the southern border with the Gaza Strip to complement Iron Dome. It was developed by the Defense Ministry in collaboration with Israeli companies Rafael Advanced Defense Systems and Elbit Systems. The laser system will cost a great deal less per interception than Iron Dome and is capable of intercepting targets as small as drones and as large as precision missiles. Brigadier General Yaniv Rotem said, We are entering a new era of energy warfare in the air, land, and sea. Research and development investments made in recent years place Israel among the leading countries in the field of powerful lasers. It will be a force multiplier for the IDF's defense capabilities, whether it is air defense, border protection, or the IDF's maneuvering capabilities. The current Iron Dome missiles that intercept other missiles coming in are like $50,000 a shot. This is going to be whatever the energy costs to blast it out of the sky, say a couple dollars. So it's a huge savings. And if they can accurately do this and put in plenty of them, they will have a system that defends from everything. And you wonder how it says that an entire army is coming down in Gog Magog against Israel and they're going to be obliterated. This is part of it right here. Those missiles are going to fall out of the sky before they ever come to Israel. If that is true, if that's a proper analysis, it backs up Gog Magog a little bit because they say that it won't even be until the second half of this year that that would come about. But, you know, we just have to take things as they come and look at it uh, from that perspective. And if this is true, right now, uh, their current missile system, I don't think could uh, defend against everything that would be brought against them. Whereas this could do it. So we'll keep an eye on it and uh, report on it more as they have more developments. But cool system. From Ynet, Israel reveals major upgrade to Iron Dome. This is a different part of it. The Israel Missile Defense Organization announced that it conducted a series of successful tests or trials in southern Israel designed to test a new upgrade to the Iron Dome missile defense system. The IMDO, which oversees the development and production of multi-layered active defense initiatives against high-trajectory rocket and missile threats, had revealed this significant advancement in Israel's defensive capabilities less than a week after the Defense Ministry unveiled a new revolutionary laser-based air defense system, which we just mentioned, and a decade after Iron Dome's first successful operational testing. However, the Defense Ministry statement didn't disclose any details about the nature of the upgrade. This successful series of trials constitutes an important milestone in the state of Israel's operational defensive capabilities against existing and future threats. These trials tested the system's newly developed capacities in a host of scenarios simulating future threats that the system will face during a confrontation. Since Iron Dome's first inception over the southern city of Ashkelon back in April of 2011, more than 2,400 successful interceptions have been recorded. That's amazing. With an average success rate of 85%, mainly in southern Israel, but also in the north. And they have literally seconds to make these decisions. And that they can do that, get those things out, and get those things destroyed is really amazing. Good job, Israel. From the Times of Israel, education minister slammed, once again, Ezekiel 36.22. What is it uh, yet for, not for your sake, O house of Israel, am I going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have blasphemed among the nations in which they continue to do. Education minister slammed for suggesting that gay marriage is unnatural. 
Education Minister Rafi Peretz came under fire for an interview where he appeared to call same-sex marriage unnatural and defended an alliance with an extreme right politician. So you can't have an opinion over there anymore at all. Peretz, the head of the Jewish Home Party and a former IDF chief rabbi, has caused several outcries over homophobic comments and again raised the ire of LGBT activists and lawmakers by suggesting gay marriage was not natural. In the religious public that lives according to the Torah, a normal family is a man and a woman. We don't need to be ashamed that we live in this natural way, Peretz was also asked how he would respond if one of his children was gay. His answer, thank God my kids grew up naturally and healthy. They're building their families from Jewish values, he said. The comments were met with heavy criticism, including from a number of gay Knesset members. Look, Rabbi Rafi Peretz, this is what a natural and healthy family looks like, Labor MK Itzhak Shmuley wrote in a tweet that included a photo of him with his partner, implying a male, and their son. Well, there you go. This is, yeah, this is what uh, the Lord is angry at. He's angry at the whole world over it, and he is not exempting his anger towards Israel. In fact, they bear his name, Israel. He strives with God. And as I say, Israel either strives with God, for God, or they strive with God against God. But either way, Israel strives with God. So there you go. Deadline, Jeopardy. I think most of you probably heard this, but if you didn't, it's a rather funny story. Jeopardy causes social media uproar by denying contestant answer that Bethlehem is in Palestine. Jeopardy has stirred the controversy pot by telling a contestant she gave the wrong answer on the alleged birthplace of Jesus Christ when she claimed it was in Palestine. Needle answered by saying the Church of the Nativity was located in Palestine. She was told by host Alex Trebek, that's the wrong answer. And then another contestant answered Israel, giving a response that was affirmed. Okay, and then from the Washington Post on the same subject, following Needle's wrong answer, they noted the show went to commercials with her score listed as 4,600, but returned from the break showing it as 4,800, with seemingly no explanation for the increase. The score for McGuire, who won the clue with Israel, remained unchanged. So somebody got their, you know, something in a bunch, yeah, during the commercial, and they went and changed the score. And then, of course, Mail Online, Jeopardy apologizes for ruling that Israel, not Palestine, is the birthplace of Jesus. Never mind that there's no Palestine in the history of the universe. Even to this day, there's not a nation known as Palestine. But there you go with PC. Um, from Christian News Today. I want to thank uh, John and Sess, who were here over the past few days. They were here for uh, Thursday night Bible study, and then they took the time out of their vacation before driving all the way to Miami yesterday to fly all the way back up to Ohio. <laughs> it's snowing up there. <laughs> anyway, um, I want to thank them for uh, having come to the mission work with us yesterday. They walked around. They uh, prayed with people. It was very nice to share with them. And uh, when somebody does that, when they're willing to take their vacation time and go down into the projects of Sarasota County and do that, it's very well appreciated. So thank you both. From uh, Don Deckert, this is somebody that uh, emailed me, and he had an idea, and I was so happy about it, I thought I'd include it in the Christian section of the uh, update. He said, while in Singapore on business, this is he's traveling around the world, and some of you travel, you travel a lot, so you have something you can do in the future. 
Next to the bed is a Gideon Bible. We have a Gideon right here in the church who hands out Bibles like, you know, they were going out of style. Um, he said, why not highlight the verses and dog ear the pages for the Romans road? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, John 3, 16, and write a note to whoever may find it. The next day, I went out, he had this idea. I bought some highlighters at a local market and put my plan into action. I highlighted the verses, dog-eared the pages, and left the following note in the front of the Bible. Dear friend, I just want to share with you the way to get to heaven so someday in eternity we can meet and possibly enjoy a cup of heavenly coffee together. I am praying for you now. Please accept his free gift of salvation and he noted Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 10.9 and 10, Ephesians 2.8 and 9, and John 3.16. I then wrote an example of a simple sinner's prayer on the back of the note. I follow up during my nightly prayers for someone to find this and accept Christ as Savior. So I thought that was a really great idea is that you're, you're not just leaving a book that's almost impossible for people to pick up and find Jesus instantly unless they take it with them and read it, which is hopefully the point. You've got something right there that they may be in a bad state that day. They may, you know, who knows what goes through people's lives. But I will say this, that uh, the Gideon Bibles that are placed there in these hotels have an effect. Now, whether you agree with R.C. Sproul or not, which I don't on most major theological issues, when he was living, he told a story in one of his uh, talks where a Jewish couple attended his church. And he said that one of the couple was traveling somewhere. We'll say it was a doctor and the other one was a lawyer. And they were traveling in different locations. And they both checked into hotels. And that night, they both picked up the Gideon's Bible. One of them picked up the book of Matthew and received Christ that night. The other picked up the book of Hebrews and received Christ that night. And they did not talk to each other about this. They came back not knowing what to say to each other. And when the word came out, it was astonishing that they had both done the same thing on the same night. So these Bibles do get people to come to a saving knowledge of the Lord. But what a great idea. Thank you, Don Decker. add to that. Yes. Do exactly what he said and don't put it back in the drawer. Don't put it in the drawer. The Just leave. look at it first. That's right. Let the maid look at it. That's a good idea. Don't put it back in the drawer. Let the maid look at it. Maybe she needs Jesus that day too. You never know. Good idea. From LifeSite, French bishop calls for baptism records to drop mother and father, adapt to complex families. Yeah, this is Catholic Church all over the place. The bishops of France have been invited by a high-ranking brother bishop appointed by Pope Francis to adapt the baptismal registers of their diocese in order to take into account the increasingly complex situation of families in that country. In practice, the recommended formula would scrap the implicit mention of the father and mother as parents of the child. Can we help you, ma'am? Oh, that's my mother. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, good to have you here, Susan Garrett. Um, do you know it's your granddaughter's uh, birthday today? Susan Garrett, do you know that? It's Tangerine's birthday. Make sure you call her. Okay, there we go. In practice, the recommended formula would scrap the implicit mention of the father and mother as parents of the child. Instead of using a catch-all phrase mentioning parents or other holders of parental authority, the suggested reform was likely conceived in view of the new situations created by the legalization of same-sex marriage in 2013 so as to avoid all accusations of discrimination that might result from the traditional wording of baptism certificates. While the reform is merely recommended, it comes with the authority of Bishop Joseph de Metz-Noblat. His diocese, Langres, in the east of France is a relatively obscure one, 
but the bishop appointed by Pope Francis in 2014 is president of the Council for Canonical Questions of the French Bishops' Conference. Besides, de Metznoblat invoked the acceptance of his recommendations by the Permanent Council of the French Bishops' Conference. In a letter sent in December 2018 to his brother bishops in France, he wrote that the Permanent Council had approved the new formula for baptismal registers. So this is where they're standing in France and the Catholic churches. Don't call anybody a parent anymore. Just call them whatever. LifeSite. Democrats vote against motion calling unborn babies members of the species Homo sapiens. It's not really a Christian article, but I thought I'd include it in here because it affects Christian values. Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives voted one Friday ago against adapting language that would have merely added pre-born children to the existing safety regulations on drinking water. H.R. 535, the PFAS Action Act of 2019, would amend the Federal Safe Drinking Water Act by adding unborn child to its list of subpopulations that would be especially vulnerable to contaminants in drinking water. It defines unborn child as a member of the species Homo sapiens at any stage of development who is carried in the womb, which has already been used in federal law in the Unborn Victims of Violence Act. It was shot down by a 187 to 219 vote. The Democrats do not want any mention of human life in the womb. And even after birth, they, they are all for killing these children. It's just a bloodbath out there. From the Christian Post, military exchange to stop selling Jesus scripture candy after secular group complains. I was going to add this particular article in at the Christmas time that they had challenged this and then it kind of got overcome by events, but the result is now coming out, okay? It was challenged right before Christmas, but now the result has come out. The Army and Air Force Exchange Service, we call the AFES when we were in the uh, service, said it will stop selling Jesus-themed candy in response to a complaint filed by a secular legal organization warning that selling the treats, these are little candy canes, right, at commissary and exchange stores is a violation of the U.S. Constitution. How stupid. The MMRF announced that it received a response to a letter it sent recently to AFES, which is what I was referring to right about Christmas time, to AFES objecting to the sale of Jesus candy at Peterson Air Force Base in Colorado Springs, Colorado. AFES is the retailer found on U.S. Army and Air Force installations nationwide, or actually worldwide. The package of candy comes in many stockings that have the words Jesus, sweetest name that I know written on the top. The product is produced by a company called Scripture Candy, which carries the motto, reaching the world one piece, P-I-E-C-E, at a time. Okay, nobody's forcing people to buy these things. They're on there with all kinds of other stuff out there. And these people, this Whiny Weinstein is his name. He's the MMRF guy. He challenges everything. They've now taken and said you can't have any religious reference, which, you know, that was the standard. When you were in the war zone and you had your uh, dog tags, you'd have your Presbyterian or Catholic or somebody so they could identify you and have somebody pray over you or whatever. None of that anymore. So I think our president is going to have this changed. We'll see. But this is just nonsense, which is going on. And they're stripping the military of their rights is what's happening. It's not taking away somebody else's rights. It's taking away Christians' rights. Anyway, from Superior Word News, church members beat up pastor for buying a Range Rover. 
Yes, members of the church in Ghana were cited beating up their pastor and demanding back their tithes and offerings after he bought a tear rubber Range Rover. They were upset enough at this guy for wasting their money that they beat him up. So you can go watch that on YouTube. Just go online and see Pastor in Ghana beaten up for buying a Range Rover and you can watch it too. Anyway, from Islam Today, Times of Israel, Iran in shock as its only female Olympic medalist appears to flee the country. Ooh, concern mounted in Iran over the fate of the Islamic Republic's only woman to have won an Olympic medal who is believed to want to settle in the Netherlands. Kimia Alizadeh clinched a Taekwondo bronze medal at the Rio Olympics in 2016, drawing praise from her compatriots, including the country's president, Hassan Rouhani, and even conservatives in the Islamic Republic. In keeping with Iran's strict Muslim custom, Alizadeh, then 18, competed wearing a headscarf over her Taekwondo uniform and protective gear. There were high hopes she would compete at the Tokyo Olympics later this year and bring home another medal. But it appears this is not to be. ISNA and several other media believe that Ali Zadeh, who is reportedly training in the Netherlands, is hoping to compete in Tokyo, but not under the Iranian flag. If Ali Zadeh fails to represent Iran at the Tokyo Olympics, it would be a huge blow for the Islamic Republic. Along with judo, taekwondo is one of Iran's sporting strengths. And if you remember an article about a month and a half ago, their main judo guy also defected. So they're losing their best over their insane policies. From Al Jazeera, heads of Libya's warring sides in Russia for talks. This is over the past week. Guardian. Now, what that did, just so you know, by having these talks with these uh, warring factions in Libya, Russia has now taken the primary stage in this particular issue. Okay, they have won the battle as far as getting these people together. So now it doesn't matter who wins, Russia will prevail in this. And when it happens, it you can see how Gog Magog is being so carefully lined up. Anyway, from The Guardian, Libya talks in Moscow in diplomatic coup for Putin. From Al Arabiya, Russia's foreign minister, Libya talks in Moscow, progress, but failed to get a ceasefire deal. No big deal. It's in Russia, and Russia's now got the upper hand in zero hedge. Libya's Haftar leaves Putin-sponsored talks in Moscow without signing ceasefire. Once again, no big deal. It's the fact that this was in Russia is what is very important to us. From the uh, Washington Examiner, U.S. to expel over a dozen Saudi trainees after review of Naval Air Station Pensacola shooting. The U.S. is poised to expel more than a dozen Saudi servicemen training at U.S. military installations following a review of last month's shooting at the Naval Air Station in Pensacola. The trainees are not accused of aiding the shooter, a 21-year-old Saudi Air Force second lieutenant who killed three American sailors and wounded several others, but are said to have connections to the extremist movements. Sources told the outlet that some are also accused of possessing child pornography. Last month, Mohammed Saeed al-Sharamani, a Saudi flight student, opened fire at the Naval Air Station before he was killed by responding law enforcement officers. Since then, about a dozen Saudi trainees at the base have been confined to their quarters while the FBI investigated the shooting as a possible terror attack, and the Pentagon reviewed all Saudi military trainees in the country. The Navy also grounded around 300 Saudi military aviation students at three different bases as part of a safety stand-down. The Department of Justice is expected to declare that the shooting was an act of terrorism. They did that. A U.S. official told CNN no co-conspirators have been charged. 
Well, here's the problem is they're checking people out after the fact now. It's good they're getting rid of them, but they're doing it after the fact. It's something they should have done at the beginning. Yeah. It's like waiting for this guy, Soleimani, to blow up more Americans. And at what point do you say he's killed enough Americans and we need to take him out? Okay. But people disagree on that. They say we shouldn't have done anything. And we, you know what? We have to be proactive in our defense, both in this nation and out of this nation, and that's just the way of the world. This is not the dream world that liberals believe in, that, uh, you know, you get, uh, what's that guy up there, Rand Paul, he's a uh, libertarian. They live in a dream world. They, they have good policies quite often from the libertarians, but they have no idea about the danger of this world. If you want to see the fallacy of that type of thinking, you go watch Ronald Reagan's speech uh, I'll try to get the name of it um, and tell you uh, next week, but he did a speech back in like 1969, and he talked about the threat around this world during the Cold War, he, and he pulled no punches. He says, we cannot wait to, you know, be attacked. We have to be proactive, and he was pointing the finger at the liberals back then, and the finger still points today. So that Ronald Reagan was a great president. And he always held the same values. He wasn't a guy that waffled in his convictions and changed. He held those values and he was very good at it. From What's that? Yeah, well, he realized his error of the way when he saw where the Democrat Party was going. And how long ago was that? From time, no refugees have moved to this Minnesota county in the past five years. It just voted to ban resettlement anyway. A northern Minnesota county on Tuesday night banned the resettlement of refugees within its boundaries, becoming the first in the state and the second in the nation to do so. By a 3-2 vote, the Beltrami County Board of Commissioners voted to deny consent to refugee resettlement. The move is allowed by local governments under an executive order signed by President Trump. The move will have little practical effect as no refugees have been resettled in Beltrami County in the past five years. The nation's first county to ban refugee resettlement was Apotomax County, Virginia, where commissioners voted four to one on December 17 to deny consent to resettlement. The Beltrami County vote came on a night after commissioners in Burley County and neighboring North Dakota voted three to two to limit refugee resettlement to 25 people in 2020. I'll get into that a little bit more in our other category, but uh, there you go with that. From Mongolia, Mail Online. Any of you fathers feel distant from your children? You're on the uh, cell phone too much or you're just not spending enough time with them? Here's what you can do. Father who felt distant from his phone-obsessed son, 18, takes him to Mongolia for a month-long digital detox <laughs> and says the experience helped them to grow finally to get to know each other. Adventurer Jamie Clark from Calgary, worried he was losing touch with his son, fearing he was addicted to his phone, proposed a month-long trip to Mongolia. Son Kobe, 18, had never experienced a weekend without a phone before in a trip. Pair motorbiked across the country and climbed country's tallest peak called Mount Kuitan. Kobe bonded with his dad and is now determined to change his technology habits. So if you're struggling with this in your family... Book a trip to Mongolia. <laughs> Daniel 12 Technology. Jerusalem Post. Israeli tech company making water from air gets top honor in Las Vegas. Jenny, the Israeli innovated home appliance that generates water out of thin air, was named the Consumer Technology Association's Energy Efficiency Product of the Year in the 2020 Smart Home Mark 
of Excellence Awards at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, an award series that annually recognizes the tech industry's top smart home innovations. The Water From Air Systems taps into atmospheric water using patented heat exchange technology, producing up to 30 liters of potable water to your home or office every day, significantly reducing plastic usage and disposal by eliminating the waste caused by drinking bottled water. How exactly does the system work? First, WaterGen's built-in blower draws air into the system's atmospheric water generator. There, an internal filter cleans the air by removing dust and dirt. Once clean, the air is directed through the genius heat exchange and cooling process and condensed into water. The water is then filtered again to remove impurities and add minerals, resulting in fresh drinking quality water. Why would they add in minerals after taking everything out? Nobody answer? Nobody? Okay, here's why. If you drink, you have one of these things that makes RO water in your house, you are destroying your body. Your human physique cannot handle having reverse osmosis water. Because when you drink, water has what's called a hunger, okay? Uh, go out to the Gulf of Mexico and how much salt is in there? And it stays in solution, doesn't it? It's 8%, I think. Go down to the Dead Sea. How much is in solution? 26%. It can hold all kinds of minerals. If you drink water that is RO, that is processed into your body, what? where do you think it's going to do? What, it's going yeah, to take those minerals out of your body. So when you drink pure water and that's all you drink for four days, you have nothing to eat or drink, What's going to happen when you go to the bathroom? It's still going to be yellow. Everybody see it? It's robbing your body of nutrients. That's why people that drink these, these uh, processed waters have bad teeth. It ruins their bones. It ruins their health. Make sure that you... You know where I get my water from? I go to the tap and I drink out of the tap. Yeah. Listen, I was a water Everything. certified water. I still am certified water operator and wastewater operator, but I can tell you that that is not going to hurt you. The chlorine that they put in the system does not affect you at all. And if you, I don't care if it tastes bad or not. It's free and you're not killing the environment with a bunch of uh, plastic bottles or wasting your time with this, but it's still a neat thing. We'll go on. The water produced by Jenny is therefore of a higher quality than water running through the filtration systems attached to municipal water lines, which he's talking about. You do that in your home. Jenny has also the potential to serve as an air purifier and dehumidifier, circulating clean air throughout your home through a small tweak in the water generation process, using the already existing technology to create a multi-purpose product. The large-scale version called the Gen L, probably means large, uh, can produce up to 5,000 liters of clean water a day, requiring no infrastructure other than a standard electric supply. According to the company's website, it is perfect for villages, off-grid settlements, and factories. While the technology is now firmly focused on tackling the global water shortage, the company has maintained the energy-efficient edge of its early-day designs and boasts the world's most energy-efficient atmospheric water production system. Whereas other commercially available water generators rely on conventional air conditioning and dehumidifying technology to generate drinking water using 650 to 850 watt-hours of electricity per liter, WaterGen produces safe drinking water at only 250 watts, meaning 2 to 4 cents per liter. So it's a very good deal. If you want to get into that nonsense, go ahead. If you don't, just go to your tap and drink out of that, okay? From Revelation Plagues, 
I'd like to uh, take a moment and thank the Lord for the rain that Australia has been getting. Okay, they had a great, great trial. They went through it. They made it through it. And I have been seeing people post from Australia on my wall pictures of rain, buckets of rain, rivers filling up. And when we, uh, it was what, less than a month ago, we prayed for Australia here. And you know what the right thing to do is when the Lord answers a prayer? Thank him. Heavenly Father, we certainly thank you for the deliverance that you have given to the people in Australia. And I know that they are hugely, hugely relieved. And I guess that uh, many of them may see your hand in this, and I would hope that's the case, and that they would be willing to thank you and to humble themselves and to put away the uh, bad policies that they've been putting out as a government and as a people lately and putting you first in all things. But one way or another, we here at this church will thank you for the deliverance you've given them, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we have uh, Revelation Plagues from Stripes hog cholera strikes Okinawa. My wife's from Okinawa. Yes, she didn't know this was coming. Her face just went, ooh. Hog cholera strikes Okinawa for the first time in 34 years, forcing thousands of pigs to be slaughtered. Thousands of pigs are being culled on the Japanese island of Okinawa, where classical swine fever was discovered for the first time since 1986. Also known as hog cholera, the highly contagious fatal porcine viral disease was confirmed two days after an Uruma city farmer reported pig deaths due to an unknown respiratory ailment. Since then, the disease has been discovered at two additional farms in Uruma and one in Okinawa-shi, where she's very close to that, affecting approximately 5,000 pigs. Japanese officials are investigating the origins of the outbreak, and while they caution people to stay away from the impacted farms, there is no risk to public safety. There has never been a reported case where classical swine fever has been transmitted to humans. An outbreak on mainland Japan in 2018 spread to nine prefectures and killed 130,000 pigs in one year. So it can get out of hand very quickly, and so we'll hope that they've got it under control. From Fox News, Mr. Garrett, how are you today? My son came in. Good to see you there. All right. Uh, Australian wildfires may impact global food supply. This is from Fox, if I didn't say that. Australia is a major exporter of wheat, which has been destroyed in the blazes. But there are other effects from the fires on food that might appear less obvious. For one, pollutants released by wildfires can affect crop and vegetation growth hundreds of miles away from the actual area that is burned. Those pollutants can reduce plant growth and productivity. It's not just plant life that could be affected by the wildfires. Up to, as we reported a week ago, a billion animals could die as a result of these wildfires. Since Australia is the second largest beef and veal exporter in the world behind Brazil, beef prices might rise. However, he doesn't anticipate a significant issue with beef or lamb since the long-term drought Australia has experienced already impacted stocking rates of the animals. The dairy industry could also be hurt by the wildfires which are covering southern Australia, a huge producer of cheese. Two major dairy areas in the country were scorched over the new year. So you can see how one thing affects another affects another, and so we'll keep an eye on Australia as far as that's concerned. From Mail Online, flu panic for nearly every state as experts warn that the virus has killed more than 30 children and deaths have surged by 65% in the new year. Figures from the CDC show that 9.7 million people have fallen ill and 87,000 people have been hospitalized. Since January 1st, 4,800 people have died. So if you get the flu, 
be cautious and if you're really high temperature get to the hospital okay because it can kill you if you're absolutely adamant about staying home keep cool I had a hundred and six temperature when I was in Malaysia one time I got a, some disease flying home and uh, I got home and the next day I had 106 temperature and I didn't know what to do but I went and got into the bathtub and they said that saved my life I've just gotten a cold bathtub and sat there but uh, you got to be careful when you get these high temperatures from morality Christian headlines Planned Parenthood performs 81 abortions for every one adoption referral data shows I, we should call it Planned Murderhood. Their annual report for 2018-19 showed its clinics performed 345,672 abortions during that time period, but were responsible for only 4,279 adoption referrals, resulting in a ratio of 81 to 1. The 345,672 abortions was a record high for the organization. That's where the money is. They're not going to make money off of referrals there. So it's all about money to them. Human life means nothing from zero hedge pc specialist ad band in uk because it doesn't feature women a pc specialist ad has been banned in the united kingdom for perpetuating harmful gender stereotypes because it doesn't feature any women apparently the commercial which features a white man a black man and an Asian man is not diverse enough. The United Kingdom's Advertising Standards Authority cracked down on the ad after just eight offended morons complained. They typed morons, I didn't, okay? Despite PC specialist core market being 87.5% male. You've got less than 15% are female and they didn't include a female and they got shut down. The fact that their commercial isn't politically correct enough was its undoing. From BBC, same-sex marriage now legal in Northern Ireland. From The Hill, Warren, we have to stop putting trans women who are incarcerated into prisons with men. This is what her platform is devolved to, this, this lady, whatever she is. <laughs> Male online, yeah, lady does not sound like the right word to use for her. Supreme Court refuses to review convictions of three women who went topless at New Hampshire Beach for Free the Nipple campaign. On Monday, yes, the Supreme Court of the United States declined to review a state court decision that found no violation of the women's constitutional rights. Their public nudity convictions will be upheld, which means we had wondered what was going to happen when this got to the SCOTUS, which it would. It did. They turned it back, which means that the lower court ruling stands, and now people can challenge this. Good news for America. That was a good decision from our other category. Talking about praying for Australia, I'd like to do something else today. We've got something happening starting Tuesday, which is of the greatest and highest moment in our nation. And I think we should stop and pray for our president. Heavenly Father, our president has been waylaid by all sides since the moment he was elected president and even before that. And you have faithfully been faithful to him. You have taken care of him. You have given him the courage and the stamina to continue despite the relentless attacks against him. And Lord, we would pray that in the weeks ahead that this sham would be uh, seen for what it is, but not only that, that you would defend him, that you would be with him, and that you would protect him during this most difficult trial because we don't know what's going to happen. All we can do is guess. And even then, Lord, it could go any way if something comes up to offend somebody. And so, Lord, please just be with our president and be with our lawmakers to make the right and wise decision to not pursue 
this impeachment any further and to vote him not guilty of the charges brought against him. We pray this, that you will be glorified, that he will be our leader for another four and a half or five years, and that uh, this nation will be led by a person that is making right decisions and honorable decisions for this nation. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, that's it. We just got to keep our president in prayer through this ordeal. From Fox, Wisconsin judge orders commission to purge up to 209,000 names from voter rolls. Wisconsin judge found the state's election commission and three of its members in contempt of court and ordered the commission to remove up to 209,000 names from the state's voter rolls in a case that could have major implications later this year in a key battleground state, saying in his ruling that the time is of the essence. He said that there is no time to wait for the case to make its way to the Wisconsin Supreme Court and ordered that the state pay $50 a day until it starts removing people from the voter rolls. Mallory also ordered that the three Democrats on the commission, Ann Jacobs, Julie Glancy, and Mark Thompson, pay $250 a day each. The state justice department asked Mallory to stay his order of contempt pending an appeal of his ruling, but the judge denied the request. I can't be any clearer on this, Mallory said. They need to follow my order. The case is being closely tracked on a national level as Wisconsin is one of the most politically prized states for grabs in this year's presidential election. President Trump won the state by fewer than 23,000 votes. That's 10% of this number here in 2016, becoming the first Republican to win the Wisconsin vote since 1984. After loser Hillary Clinton infamously failed to campaign in the state, Democrats are trying to remedy their loss this election season by holding the Democrat National Convention in Milwaukee this year. Okay. And then from the Epic Times, about a day and a half later, Wisconsin court temporarily blocks removal of up to 209,000 names from voter rolls. So it's on hold. But this guy said that this has to be done. These people have, you know, citizenship in other states or whatever you call it, residents in other states. They're voting for, you know, we have it down here in Florida. They vote up there. They come down here and they vote down here and nobody does a thing. And he is saying this is not right. There are dead people in these roles, all these things. And the Democrats don't want this to happen because this is how they are going to try to win this state again. It needs to be done. And that Wisconsin court needs to, yeah, it needs to uh, stick to it and they need to get this done. But we'll see where it goes. From Zero Hedge, Microsoft says, if even one person is offended, that's one too many. In mid-December, Microsoft developers added a tiny icon of a Santa hat in the bottom left corner of one of their programs. Just one program that nobody ever looks at, right? One person, as in one, complained on the Microsoft's GitHub page, posting Microsoft's The Santa Hat on VS Code Insiders and pushing of religion is very offensive to me. Okay, yeah. What's that? Yeah, he's pushing religion. Additionally, Christmas has cost millions of Jews their lives over the centuries. That was his complaint. This one complaint led to the company to respond, we're sorry we hurt you and others' feelings, but only one person complained. We'll remove the Santa Hat, they said. Microsoft then switched the Santa Hat icon with a more culturally neutral icon of a snowflake. Now, that was funny because they're probably poking at that guy, but perhaps to appease Generation Snowflake and its hypersensitivity. The company then announced that, listen to this, the Santa Hat was divisive and offensive to some of our users. 
Here's their words. Even a single person being offended is one too many, meaning it represented the opposite of what we wanted to convey to our users. But was that the end of the controversy? Oh, no. Other users were offended that Microsoft would nix the Santa hat icon because a single person was offended. Well, that was unexpected. Microsoft's update on the incident begins, and therein lies the catch-22 encircling all modern woke companies. Being offended is America's favorite pastime. So you've got people that are offended, and now they have to put it back, I suppose, because they're offended. How do you, how do, you do this? Okay, BBC. Texas governor to reject new refugees under Trump order. Okay, I said I was going to readdress that issue I talked about. Here it is. The Republican governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, has said that the state will not accept new refugees under the U.S. government's resettlement program. The decision means Texas will become the first state known to do so. Last year, President Trump signed an executive order allowing states to opt out of the program. On Friday, Mr. Abbott said Texas had done more than its share in assisting the refugee resettlement process. Texas has large refugee populations in several of its major cities. In the 2018 fiscal year, Texas took in 1,697 refugees, more than any other state, but a large drop from 4,768 in the previous fiscal year. Justifying his decision in a letter to the U.S. State Department, Mr. Abbott argued that the state should be focused on those who are already here, including refugees, migrants, and the homeless, indeed all Texans. On that basis, Mr. Abbott said he cannot consent to initial refugee resettlement. That's all it is, is initial refugee resettlement. If they come into America and they land in Atlanta and they want to travel to Texas, nobody can do anything about that. This is initial refugee resettlement. And what that means is money for the people that are bringing them in. The Lutherans, the Catholics make millions of dollars bringing these people in. And he's not denying anybody their right to go to Texas. He is denying people coming in and being forced into Texas so that people can profit off of it. That's what he's doing. Okay. So he says, um, uh, Mr. Abbott said he cannot consent to that, but added that the decision does not deny any refugee access to the U.S. refugees who are already settled in other states. Mr. Abbott said will be allowed to move to Texas if they choose. However, resettlement agencies say they would not have access to federal resettlement benefits. It's all about their money, such as housing. That is all that it comes down to these people is money. They get their chip off the old block and then they say, okay, now Texas has to pay for these people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's wrong. From the Epic Times, here it is. Federal judge, Clinton appointee, by the way, I checked it out. Federal judge blocks Trump's order that allows states to reject refugees. One judge appointed by Bill Clinton blocks his order. So we'll see where that goes. I got a lesser cure for you. I... Wonder if you can figure out which article we're talking about today. I dearly remember the day when people could each have their say. Opinions selected were never rejected, but now even one can say nay. That's right. That was Kathy who wrote that. Very good. Okay, we got a couple ironies for you. This is called Looking for the Big Payoff. From Zero Hedge, compulsive gambler sues a casino for letting him lose $260,000. Yes, he's looking for the big payoff. And then from NBC, two men accused of gluing winning numbers onto Mississippi lottery t- 
ticket. Yes, they just glued it on. They're looking for the big payoff, and they're going to the big house. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that's your big payoff for the week. <laughs>